Praise God. You glad to be here this morning? Okay, I got a few announcements to make just before we before I get uh, going in the message this morning. Um, I, I talked to uh, Andrew and Bethany Frazier. They're going to be coming here on February the 3rd to be ministering. And uh, so then Ivan is coming in here on March the 24th. It's a Sunday. And March the 25th, that Monday, we're leaving to go to Guatemala, and that's when we're going to be doing the church dedication. We're going to we finally got everything settled. We're going to have everything through with. We will have everything ready to roll. So the March the 25th, that week, I don't know exactly what day, but it's going to be during that week. Uh, if anybody's interested and you want to take a trip to Guatemala, you want to go see what's going on down there, it's not an easy trip. I'll just tell you all that. It's not an easy trip because... Uh, uh, it's not that you have bad accommodations or anything like that. There's great accommodations. It's just getting from the accommodations to the orphanage. You go through. If you think San Antonio traffic is bad, you can't believe what you could see here, the amount of smoke and bus driving and, and honking and eking past cars and uh, all this kind of stuff like this. I don't have any fear of danger of, of your life or against, you know, people, bad people or, you know, anything like that. It's just, uh, it's just a wild trip. A lot of walking, a lot of uphill. Everything's uphill. There's no downhill. I don't know how to explain it. It's all uphill. And if you, there's no level ground to stand on, you stand on a, you have to stand, you know, on a 45 degree angle, it seems like at all times. But anyway, but if that you're interested, you want to go, please t tell Laura or myself or um, get with somebody, get, let us know, because we've got to start making arrangements and how we're going to do that and, and all that kind of stuff. But that's set in stone. So it's that week of the March 24th, 25th, 26th, somewhere along in there is uh, that week it's going to happen. Amen? Okay, so look at the person beside you and say, really, you did a really good job last year. I mean, even if you're lying, just tell them, okay? Make everybody feel happy, okay? Come on. <laughs> Now look at somebody else and say, you're going to do a better job this neck this year. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so last week I started actually the message today. I, I, needed, I felt like I needed a week to practice before I could really deliver it to y'all on the first Sunday. And so uh, uh, if you were here last week, you're going to hear some of the same things. But uh, I don't think I've ever said the, exactly the same thing out of my mouth twice ever. And so it's going to be a little different this morning, but I, I, I had, a, had a visitation with the Lord. And, 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 you know, when I say things like that, I don't mean Jesus appeared to me. I don't mean I saw a burning bush. I don't mean, you know, something like this. I mean, I was asleep and I woke up and I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me. How do I know? Because when I wake up any other time at night, I don't hear nothing. I mean, I can bear, I'm trying to get back to sleep. I ain't got good sense when I wake up, okay? And so it was clear, it was a clear voice that's speaking to me, inspiring me, and told me, gave me a scripture, and told me what we're going to do as a church this year. The first year, uh, or two years ago, we, I, I gave you cards every week or every month, a new card like this, bookmark, that had a verse on it, not a verse, a, a confession on it that I had written up. And so you had 12 confessions, and then last year I did the scripture cards, and this year we're going to do something different. Now, I want to tell you, in case you haven't heard this, do not turn me off, please. Don't turn me off. Don't say, oh, yeah, well, wait, yeah, that sounds really good. 
That sounds like something's really going to happen. You know, don't turn me off. Listen to me, okay? Listen, let me listen to the whole message. Let me get through this thing. Let me get it understanding to you because I know I'm excited. I believe God can do miracles through what he's doing, and it's so simple. Everybody say it's simple. I like simple things. You know, some of us, if you, if you have a religious side to you, you want to do things that are complicated. You want to say, oh, okay, pastor said if we'd pray, you know, for an hour every day, kneeling on beans with lit candles, and we, we could pray the whole time, God will answer our prayers. And you think, yes, I can do that. Because you're still kind of dealing with a works mentality, and you're not really walking in a grace mentality. But I like simple things because I can do simple things. I don't like complicated things. So I'm going to just lay it out, tell you what it is. We're going to, as a church, I'm giving you a chapter this morning in the Bible. And the chapter, some of y'all hadn't told anybody, but the chapter is Luke chapter 2. It's the Christmas story. We're starting out at the birth of Jesus. We're going to read, I'm asking you as a family to read, sit down at your table. Do something that you maybe have not normally been doing. Maybe each of you, husband and wife or whatever, you have a habit of studying the Bible or looking at the Bible or reading your Bible, I pray, at, by yourself. But I'm asking you to do it as a family unit. To sit down as a family unit. You're going to take Luke chapter 2. You're going to read through it. Now, how you read through it is your business. All right? Let's say there's three of you in the family, and y'all want to alternate reading verses, and some, somebody reads so many verses, and somebody reads somebody else's verses. How, that, that's totally up to you. If you want to read the whole chapter all at one time and discuss everything right then on a, on a Monday, then that's fine. If you want to read six verses every day all week, I, I, I'm not, that's, that's up to you because we're all different people. I'm just asking we're all on the same page, Luke chapter 2. Y'all with me? Everybody there so far? Okay, so this is what you're going to do. This is how it's going to look. You're going to sit down, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever. You're going to shut the TV off. You're going to put your phones down. As a family, you're going to honor the Word of God. You're going to sit down. You're going to take the, the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. You're going to start reading it. You're going to, however you read it, you get through it. And then you're going to ask these three questions. What does it say? It's the first question. What does it say? Okay, what's it talking about? What does it say? It's the birth of Jesus, Mary, having to go, taxation, registration, having to go down, Herod, killing babies, whatever. What does it say? Okay, then you're going to ask yourself, what do you see in it? How does it apply to you? Well, I've been, I feel like I've been riding a donkey for a long time. I've been, feel like my guts are shaking, <laughs> riding a donkey. I feel like Herod's trying to kill me. I feel like there's no room in the end. How does it apply to you? Each one of you is going to answer these questions. You say, well, I don't know. Okay, week one, you don't get very far. That's okay. Week two, you're going to be better. All right? But first, what does it say? Second thing, what do you see? And then the third thing you're going to ask yourself, well, then how does this, 
What am I learning? What am I seeing in this scripture that's making me stronger so that I can help serve others? Okay? What does it say? What do you see? And how can you serve? Three things. Three S's. Say, see, serve. Okay? Some of you, I'm looking at your faces already. You know, you're kind of like looking like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen to me. Just hear me, hear me out. You got to hear the whole message. It's pretty simple. I've been, since the first part of December, knowing that we were going into this, I've been practicing. I've been, I've been, I've been how long does it take to read a chapter? My wife and I sit down. We, we read. We've tried each reading it. We've tried reading back and forth. You know, I don't know what's going to work for her and I. Because we don't, we have never not done this. This is brand new to us. We both read our Bibles in the morning. We both discuss what we're reading, but we've never been reading the same chapter. Okay? So it's something even new for us that we're doing. And so we're reading it, and then we're discussing, what do you say? What do you say? You're going back and forth. Now, some of you right now, you may have some fears because you're like, I don't know. I don't know anything about the Bible. And, you know, and then talking about this in front of my wife. I mean, I don't know how. Hey, listen, you're going to break some of that garbage down this year. You got to get over it. Look at the person beside you and say, you're going to have to get over it. Your fears, those intimidations, you just got to get over it. Okay, there's no way around it. You just got to get over it. All right? And none of us any geniuses. And none of us are got the great, you know, you're not the great orators of life. That you're so much smarter and can pray so much better than anything. Listen, God hears the prayer of the simplest person. Okay? Now, so, so if you're a little uncomfortable doing this with your family members, okay, that's all right. No big deal. You're going to get better and better. But you, I'm asking you, and after I get through preaching this message, I think you will, to have enough conviction in your heart to honor the Word of God in your life. And I'm telling you what the Lord told me was that the Holy Spirit will begin to come into your life and illuminate the Word to you, and you're going to have a fresh relationship with the Lord like you've never had before. The Scripture He gave me was Isaiah 62.10. And Isaiah 62.10 says, Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up a highway, take out the stones and lift up a banner for the people. He said that if you would open up your hearts in doing this, if you would sit down as a family, break the barriers of being intimidated, break the barriers of maybe you, you, you don't read so well or you, 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 you don't know how to pronounce the words. Man, listen, don't worry about it. It does not matter. The first time I read the Bible, I got to the book of Job. Now, I don't care how you cut it, it's spelled J-O-B, it's Job. And they tell me, no, it's Job. And I said, how was it Job? It's his Job, it's J-O-B, it's Job. They said, no, Robert, it's Job. Oh, okay, whatever. I didn't know. So I'm telling you, I came from not knowing anything. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you call it Job or Job, it doesn't make any difference, it's your heart. And if you will honor God and read the word, honor God as a family, listen, it's got to be as a family. Do not go and say, well, I don't know, I don't want to Our schedules don't line up. Listen, if you both are sleeping in the house, your schedules, you've got a schedule, you just hadn't made one. 
Don't tell me, well, I get up early and she sleeps late or I go to bed early. There's some moment. Because when I've been trying this out, you were talking 10 to 15 minutes. You telling me God's not worth 10 or 15 minutes? I'm going to put screws to you today. You telling me God's not worth 10 or 15 minutes? Well, I do my own studying. Okay, then glory to God. Love you. I do. I love you. You're still welcome to come here to church. This is a water hole. It's not a corral. You can come here and drink from the waters anytime you want to. You're all welcome. Everybody's welcome. Everybody can come. I'm not going to anything. But if you want to operate as a church and we want to be together in unity, well, then let's get hold of the same scripture because he says, go through the gates. You lift up the gate. God's going to come in. Prepare the way for the people. See, it's re- be real easy. Then when you see somebody, see Brian. Now, hey, Brian, how you doing? Today? Hey, how's the plan? How's the plan going? Because that's what this is called, the plan. How's the plan going? Oh, man, we read that this morning. Did you? I never noticed that, you know, the innkeeper. Never did think about him. Let me just tell you, for instance, this is, this is the way I go. I'm reading another chapter and, uh, the other day, and, and I get to notice something about Jesus coming into town. You know, when they were going to have the uh, Palm Sunday, and they're going to lay all the garments down, he tells his disciples, go into town and get it. Uh, a, a, the donk, there's going to be a donkey and a young colt with it and go get it and bring it to him. So I'm just thinking about this. This just gets in my head. And I'm thinking, I said, well, what, what happened here? You know, I mean, the guy's in there. Can you imagine this guy's in there drinking a cup of coffee? He's looking out his window and here comes the two disciples up and they're untying his donkey. It'd be like stealing your car. I mean, he said, hey, what are you doing? And Jesus told him, he said, when they ask you, just tell them, he said, Man, tell them the Lord has need of it. So, I mean, they get up and say, hey, Jesus, Jesus needs to borrow your, your donkey. So, I mean, I guess he knew who Jesus was. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I'm, I'm, but my mind, I'm thinking about this. How did this look? So he goes down through it, and this is what I got to thinking about. So then what happened to the donkey after Jesus got through riding it? Did he get it back? Bible doesn't tell us. So I'm just imagining, I bet he got it back. And then I wonder what kind of a guy he was. Because then he had the donkey that Jesus sat on. And so then I get to thinking, was this guy like corrupt? Did he go out and start selling tickets to ride the donkey that Jesus rode on? You know? So I get this big, I start talking about, didn't I? I was talking to you about this. And so I get Laura, I said, what do you think he did? You know, she said, well, he could have become a great disciple, you know, and like gone around the country, owned the donkey that Jesus rode and told everybody this is the donkey Jesus rode and used it as a preaching platform. I said, I hope he did. So then I got on the internet and started trying to look it up, see if there's any old fable or something about the donkey. This is what I'm talking about. What do you see in it? What do you see in the scripture? Because see, it told me right there that a man has, what I got to looking at was in every individual, we all have, you know, two hearts. You could either be the guy selling tickets or you could be the great evangelist. And so that's what got me to thinking, where's my heart? See, that's what I'm talking about. How does it apply to you? How is it relevant to you? You don't want to just read it for historical knowledge. you got to read it to see, how is it applying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And I promise you, every week, because I'm giving you a new scripture every week, okay? If you have the phone app, it's on there today. I actually have a little video. Y'all just love me for my videos. I'm trying something totally brand new and, and, and on videos. I'm doing them all. I'm going to be the, the new YouTube blogger or something. You know, I don't know what you call it. Anyway, so I have a little video goes with it. I have the chapter that we're reading 
It's all there for you. You could just do it on your phone if you wanted to. And that isn't going to make any difference whether you all sit down and have your Bibles out. I think that would be cool. Because then you can underline, you can mark things, and the whole family can look at it like that. But if you want to do it on your phones, we're in an electronic age. It's not going to make no difference. It doesn't make the Holy Ghost any difference. The Holy Ghost can still move even if you're reading a phone app. But I'm telling you, when you begin to do that, God will begin to move in your life. He'll begin to show you things. And then that day you're going to be out at work. You're going to be doing something. And all of a sudden, what you read that morning is going to apply to what you're doing that day. And you're going to begin to see that all these years you didn't think God was speaking to you, that he's been speaking to you all the time. You've just been on the wrong channel. Let me ask you a question this morning, is, and I hope, I, don't, I hope I'm not wrong here. But, right, there's, there's AM and FM airways flying all around us this morning. Is anybody hearing it right now? No, you got to go get the radio and get into the right station, right? And then you hear it. There's voices flying over us. There's songs, there's music, there's everything flying all over us. We're not hearing it because you got to get the channel turned in. I'm telling you, this is your receiver. And when you get this thing and you get it turned on just right and you get it turned in there, then all of a sudden you're picking up the God channel. And you're tuned in. And then that as you go through the day, you're still thinking about, I wonder how many sheep were in the manger when Jesus was born. You're thinking about, I wonder what those happened to those shepherds. I wonder what they look like. I wonder what the wise men, how that worked out. And you're thinking about that, and as you're thinking, you're keeping the channel open. So God's still going to be speaking to you. He's still going to be talking to you. He's still going to show himself alive to you in everything you're doing. But you've got to have the receiver, and this is it. And for too long, Christians have been running around where everybody's got a big family Bible sitting on their desk, and, and, and they look all religious and holy, and they you know maybe thumb through it a little bit once in a while. But I'm telling you, you're missing the receiver that can have God speaking to you in life and bringing life and victory to you. Now, what happens is, what happens is, is that the Holy Spirit begins to come in and illuminate things in your life. Now, let me show you another scripture here. Isaiah 66, 1. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. He says, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you would build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hands have made and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one, I will look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. See, the cool thing about this is that you're going to be doing this. And then everybody out there watching the waterhole broadcast around the world can be doing this. So we all get on the same page. And when we begin to have conviction, everybody say conviction. Conviction about the word of God that we honor the word of God and we literally tremble if we don't read it. We honor it as the living word of God. Then what happens is the Holy Spirit comes down and starts to bring conviction in our life. Now, I say that word, you may think, well, I don't want conviction. Conviction makes me feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. Well, wait a minute. We don't understand what the word conviction means. The word conviction means to, to expose and to enlighten. Now, how many of you are doing something wrong and it's causing you heartache, would like to be illuminated and have some light shined on you so you could do it right and be blessed? 
Is that the kind of people y'all are? Or do y'all like doing it wrong and, and eating the fruit of it? That's like if you go home, gentlemen, if you go home to your wife and the first thing you do when you walk in the door is say, what's your supper? And you've been doing that for a long time and you've been getting snarly, nasty looks and, and ugly things shooting at you. You know, the illumination that could come to you is that you might want to greet your wife differently so that you might get a better result. Well, she just needs to change. He just get in there and she just needs to change this way my daddy did it. Listen, if you want to live like that, then you have no conviction in your life, no light exposing that what you're doing is not working. We've got to live by conviction. Listen, you do live by conviction. Each and every one of you in here, you have a certain amount of conviction already in your life. You're just not looking at it right. I imagine, <laughs> I say imagine the majority of us, I'm going to have to turn that around. All of us in here know that stealing is wrong. Okay? And so if you're going to go steal something at that moment and you're starting to put your hand on it, something on the inside of you is saying, that ain't right. You can say, well, that's my morals. It doesn't make any difference. It's your conviction. You know it's not right to steal. You know inside of you it's not right to steal. If you hear about somebody stole something, you know it's not right to steal. And you're saying, that ain't right. That's your conviction. You're convicted because it was exposed to you. The light was shined on you that stealing is wrong. Now, I know people, I've run across people in life who don't think stealing's wrong. They think if you were dumb enough to leave your truck open, then they ought to have the right to go in there and steal something. That's the way they look at it. And they don't have any conviction about it. Because they've never been convicted and exposed to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to say, that's wrong. Are you all with me? So they get caught and they get put into prison, and there they try to teach them that what they did was wrong. That's what I'm talking about, that kind of conviction. Conviction that it's so strong in you that you are convicted. I don't think there's one of you in here this morning would stand up and argue with me that this isn't the living word of God. You were taught that most of your life. Every one of you say, no, it's the Word of God. Now, let me, you get down to which translation we're going to read or something like that. You know, we may have a little different opinions about that. You may get down to say, well, you know, they, they misinterpreted a couple of words in there. They, yeah, I'll go along with that. They translate it from all these different languages down into us. Yeah, there could be a little bit of change. But there's, you know, like 5,000 texts that are only three words different. So, I mean, we're not talking about a big difference here. If you took and you wrote something down, this big, 5,000 times, and there was only three words difference? I think you did pretty darn good. <laughs> Hello? Not going to throw the whole, there's three words difference, throw it all away, it's no good. Well, you got some problems. And the problem that we have is, is that we don't want to be convicted, we don't want the light to expose on us what could possibly be wrong with us. As I'm getting older, the one thing that I have learned about getting older is, man, I can grow hair in the strangest places. <laughs> but because my eyesight is not as good as it used to be, I, I'm living a happy world. I don't know what's there. Until one day I put my glasses on in the mirror 
where there was light, and I was like, holy cow! <laughs> the exposure of the light showed what was going on. Are y'all with me? That's what I'm talking about. The Lord's trying to show you in life that you have a three-inch hair hanging off your chin that you never noticed. <laughs> that the reason why you can't hear anymore is because your ear hair is so long. <laughs> and he's trying to expose and say, look, I need you to nip a little of this stuff so we can get some word in there because you can't hear no more. And the only way you're going to see it is under the light, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to say, look, this is, oh, I'm not, I'm not behaving correctly. I'm not talking right. I'm, I keep saying out of my mouth every day I'm going to fail, and so therefore I keep failing. And the Holy Spirit says, I need you to stop doing that. I love you. Don't do that. That's conviction, folks. Conviction's good. Conviction is going to expose the things in our life that we need to alter so that we can walk in victory. And how do you get conviction? You get it from the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit come from? Jesus has launched him out on the face of the earth. Where? To show that the Word works. So as you begin to read the Word, as you begin to honor the Word and have conviction that this is the living Word of God and we're going to do this as a family and we're going to honor God's Word and we're going to honor God in doing what He said and in doing so, that's going to open up the gates of your heart and then the Holy Spirit has traffic, and then you've got the dial tuned in right. you now got the right receiver going. In John chapter 3, verse 19, it says, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world and that men love darkness rather than the light. Listen to me, we can't, we can't love darkness. Darkness means you don't want anything exposed. I can tell y'all folks, listen to me, God loves you, and he is the creator of the world. And he knows what works and what doesn't work. He's already seen it all. There's nothing that's happened on the face of the earth today that hadn't already happened. There's nothing new out there under the sun. And God knows, and he wants to show you that so that you can stay out of those pitfalls. But sometimes we just don't see them. We don't see them because of the way we were raised or or the environment we've been in, or whatever. It's not like you intended to be a bad person. You're just doing things because that's the only way you've ever seen it done. But the Holy Spirit can come in and shine light on it and say there's a different way to do it. And the moment you start doing it that way, whoo, you're going to start seeing victory. You're going to start seeing blessings. You're going to start seeing God moving. You're going to start hearing his voice. You're going to start seeing good things. I was talking to a couple of guys here the other day, and we were talking about eating habits. And they were telling me, they said, yeah, I knew this one guy, he ate 28 flour tortillas every day. And I said, really? 28 flour tortillas? That's a lot. I said, How? I said what happened to him? He said, I, he got really big, and he was really good in athletics and football for a while. I said, then what happened? He said, I think he got diabetes and died. I was like, really? He said, yeah, we had another friend. He ate a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken and drank a two-liter Coke every night. And I said, oh, well, what happened to him? He said, oh, he didn't make it either. <laughs> now, that's a sad story because if some illumination could have come to these men, they could have lived a more productive life. But they did what they did for whatever reason they did, but their reasoning was wrong. And no one 
grabbed hold of them and slapped some sense into them. And what they did cost them their lives. And if somebody could have illuminated to them, said, look, this is what's killing you. It could have changed their lives. Folks, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate things that all things going on in our lives. You may have some some hardness in your heart or you may have some unforgiveness or you may you may be doing really good in 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 like 75 percent of your area. But I don't know about y'all, but I want to plug on 100 percent. I want all of my cylinders to be firing. And I can tell you they're not. Because there's times that I. I still act like, you know, I don't know Jesus. There's times I still get angry, and I want to know why does that, turn, that, that make me angry? There's times I waste emotional energy on things I should have never wasted emotional energy on. I should have just stopped and prayed and said, God, you're going to take care of this. I just declare it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There's times things don't go right that I spend too much time trying to figure out why didn't it go right rather than just asking God to tell me what I need to do to get, it go, get everything taken care of. There's times things don't go right because God's, Using that also, not that he caused it, but he was challenging me to grow. And I need to grow. Are y'all with me? Okay. Go, go, into, go into the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Let me show you this. Jeremiah 2, 13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters, and then they hewed themselves out cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold any water. Last night, I was, on, on Saturdays, I'm, I'm always just chewing like a cow, and chewing its cut on the message, and I'm just going over it, but I'm, I may be flipping through the channels or, of a TV and just keeping, my, keeping some activity going on out there. And I was, flipping through, and I was on regular TV. I hate regular TV because I don't like to listen to commercials. Anyway, so it was on commercials. The first one was a, was a burger commercial, you know, you get this double Whopper cheese fries and all this stuff for two ninety nine, and then the next one was uh, some pastry commercial came on there about eating the cookies, and then the third one was a diabetes pill that you could take. I'm serious. I mean, it's like they lined it up, and then the third one was an Alzheimer's commercial. You know, that this pill for Alzheimer's. I was like, huh? Does anybody think that possibly that the eating diet could have had something to do? And it's just like, oh, you want a hamburger? Oh, let's go get some of that chocolate. Oh. Oh, it's got diabetes. <laughs> I take that pill. And I was looking and I was thinking about how we human beings try to fix what's wrong with us. But sometimes we, in our method of trying to fix what's wrong with us, we just make things worse. So then we try to fix the thing that we made that was worse with something else. And we just keep adding to it that before long, you either have got to take this, you know, you, you know, like you go throw, a, get corn, put it in a bucket and throw it out to the deer or whatever. We're like got our pills in there. You got to take this vitamin for this and this vitamin for this and this. Vitamin. And before long, we're just eating vitamin. Well, I got to take this one because this one counteracts what that one did over here. And then this one over here, if I got to take that one in conjunction with this one, because then that made this one work because then this one over here. Hello. That's a hard way to live. And the point I'm trying to say here is it says, God says, the first problem was you forsook me. And it's time for us as a, as a church family to bring God back into our homes in such a strong way. I'm not saying you haven't had God in your homes. I'm not trying to accuse you or point fingers at you. I'm trying to say it's time to up the ante. It's time to quit playing penny ante poker with God and let's throw down some big bills. 
Let's start being high rollers with God. Let's start sitting up at the table like big boys and saying, man, I don't need milk. I want a steak. I want to eat something else. I want my family. I want my kids living for God. I want my kids being able to understand when somebody, you know, falls down, gets hurt on the playground, they're going to walk over there and lay hands on them and pray for them. I want, I want my family to know the answer to things is knowing God. And he says, they forgot, they forsook me. And then the second thing was, is then they made objects to worship. They hewed out other cisterns, broken cisterns. They're trying to find some other place. The problem with, with America right now, the problem with, with our, the world, really, the whole world, but I'm going to pick on America, is that we've forsaken God. We've, we've pushed him out of everything. We've got him out and we've made other idols to, to take his place. And so in doing so, God's been pushed out. And I'm telling you, it's time to bring him back in in a big way. And it's time to shut it all off, turn it all off, sit down, and begin to read the Word of God, to honor God. And as you do, oh, oh, I, can just, I can't even wait for the testimonies that are going to come back. I cannot wait to hear. And I'm telling you, you're going to have a little few hiccups in the beginning. Get over it. Just look at the person beside you and say, just get over it. I'm not trying to be hard and callous. It's just the truth. You got to get over it. You got to get over those that, oh, those. (laughs) Makes me feel all funny on the inside. So what? Feel funny. Get over it. Got to get rid of those old things that you think are going to bring you blessings. Now, let me share one more scripture with you, and then we're going to take communion together this morning. Go to Luke 19.1. Is everybody hearing me this morning? On the website, we've got the page. We've got that stuff, all the information on the website. There's no excuse. You can't tell me, well, we didn't get it done this week. We forgot what it was. Look, you can't do that. Luke chapter 2. Everybody say Luke chapter 2. All right, next week I want to have another one. But see, I'm not going to give it to you a week ahead of time, because then you're going to try to get in there and say, well, let's knock out two this week, and then next week we're going to do anything, and you're going to get all messed up. So no, every Sunday you get a chapter. Every Sunday they'll be posted. Now, let's look at this story right here of Luke 19.1, the story of Zacchaeus. It says, Jesus entered any pass through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd. For he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Now when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and he saw him, and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. But when he saw it, they all when, but when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He's gone to be a guest of the man who's a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, if I have Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said, today. Everybody say today. Salvation has come to this house. What was that? What happened? Was it not Jesus, the light of the world, shining into the the life of Zacchaeus, And him seeing the errors of his way, did Jesus say, Zacchaeus, you know, you're a pretty rotten sinner. You know, you're going to burn in hell. We're talking sizzle like a sausage. 
You've been stealing. We know it. All of us know it. You didn't see Jesus say nothing like that. He didn't say anything. Let me tell you what. God loves you so much. Like I said, he's not, gonna, he's not out to beat you over the head. He's out to illuminate you and help you so that you can be a better, happier person. And Ozakias here, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about, conviction. He was convicted. The light shined, came on the inside of him. He said, Lord, if I've done this, I'll restore this. I'll go do this. And then Jesus said, you know what? Today, salvation has come to you. Now, I preached a message on Wednesday night. You could go listen to it when it gets posted. But I was talking about the speed of light. How fast can God do this in your life? How fast can God do it? Speed of light. Jesus is the light of the world. How fast can light get you? How fast can the revelation get you? How fast can God move in your life if you really open up yourself and move it? Well, uh, it's, it just sounds wild, but if you took a flashlight and, and, you know, I was on flat plane or whatever, I could shine the flashlight and the light would go out and in one second, one second, it would go around the world seven and a half times. Light would. So I'm standing here. I turn it on. And it went past my head seven and a half times. Seven times and a half back there, I guess. Are you all following me? Because of the speed of light. It's so fast. Nothing's faster than the speed of light. It got in an instant. I'm telling you, God wants to move in your life in an instant, in a moment, in a flash. I believe the word that he gave me is the Holy Spirit will intervene and all will be seen in 2019. The Holy Spirit will intervene and all will be seen in 2019. He's going to come down and show you things. And the moment you say, ah, I didn't realize I was doing that, Lord, forgive me. Just taken care of. Just taken care of. All because you honored the Word of God. Had a young man come up to me the other day and said, you know, I want to, I want to be doing that with y'all, and, and I went out and bought a Bible. I said, great. He said, I bought a big one. Good. Because he was convicted about he wanted to read the Word. Church, I'm just telling you, Holy Spirit's going to move this year in this. And you're going to have miracles and signs and wonders happen in your house. I'm believing for you to have the... Your, your families to be restored. I'm believing for, for all kinds of things to take place. Now, there's one last thing I need to say, and we're going to have communion. Is you say, okay, well, I'm a single. I'm not married. Okay? Then you need to read it, and you need to find somebody that you can discuss it with. Your family members, somebody else, a friend in the church, somebody you come up and say, hey, I was reading the plan this morning. You got time? I'm going to tell you what I saw. What, I, what it said, what I see, and what's going on with me. You need to, you need to, you need to, because we need to don't just stay as individuals. We need to be as a family. Okay? So the Holy Spirit will show you what to do. He'll show you who to talk to. And then the part about that says, in waving the banner, then it's up to you, each and every one of us, all through the week, as they're running across people that we know or, or reading the plan, to say, hey, how you doing? How's the plan this week? And if they start saying, you know, we haven't done it yet. We're going to do it tomorrow. Then those are the ones you need to call tomorrow. Because what they're saying to you is they didn't do it, so they put it off. And so you need to keep up. 
And then maybe you need to call your friend on Saturday night. Do it before you get to church because you're really going to feel bad when pastor gives you the next one and you didn't read that one. So I'm just standing with you in the gap here. Amen? Now, this is what I want to do. We're going to have communion. Matter of fact, let me have my pastoral team come on down and, and prayer team so we can be here with you this morning. But I want to ask you, in your heart, as you come to take communion this morning, to commit to honor God's word. Just commit to honor God's word. Are you with me here? Commit to honor God's word. Just tell him as you come up. Say, Lord, I'm just committing right now to honor you in reading the word. Families, commit it right now. Because if you do it before God, then you're really going to have the conviction of the Holy Ghost on you. Okay? But I promise you, I can promise you with all of my heart that he will move mightily in your lives. Amen? So if you think I'm crazy, just bless me and don't tell me, okay? <laughs> if you're not going to do it, you're in disagreement, let me have a good day today. Just don't tell me. I'm, I'm assuming everybody, I'm assuming the world is changing right now and watching the broadcast and all of y'all in here, and you're going to tell your friends, and everybody's going to be reading. That's the way I'm looking at things, okay? Amen? Okay. Well, let's get our hearts prepared, and let's have communion here this morning. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it. And he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, now take and eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. So Lord, today we just thank you for your broken body. That you went to the cross for us. You took the stripes on your back for our healing. And you took the brokenness so we could be whole. So today, Lord, as we partake of this communion, I thank you that you heal our bodies and heal our minds, that you restore into families the family unit. And Lord, we praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Then afterwards, you took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant poured out of my blood for the forgiveness of sin. Drink it in remembrance of me. So Lord, we thank you this morning. We're not living under an old covenant. A covenant full of do's and don'ts. We're living under a new covenant full of grace. That as we repent, we turn our hearts to you. That Lord, you flood into our lives and cleanse us from the sin make us free, free to serve you, free to serve you. So Lord, let the light of the gospel come into our lives and expose the errors of our ways so that we can be free, free to serve you, Lord. So Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name.
Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.